Since Disney purchased Star Wars in 2012, we've gotten a steady stream of content ever since. While some content has been truly, truly great, there's been others that have been not so great. What makes Star Wars great in 2021? We're here to answer that question on another exciting edition of A Cast to the Past, where we have a brand new episode each and every Sunday. Joining me today, Keith Hamilton from London, Ontario. Hi. How you doing? I'm feeling good. I feel like the force is with us today. You know, we're going to talk about my favorite thing on the planet, Star Wars, or I guess my favorite thing in a galaxy far, far away would be the right answer. But anyway, Star Wars, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not (laughs) quite at Star Wars Day, May the 4th, but... Keith had brought up after seeing The Mandalorian Season 2 recently a very interesting question that we'll be, you know, aiming to answer in this episode about what makes modern Star Wars great. What are those Mm -hmm. elements and, you know, what are elements that make some of the newer Star Wars stuff not so great? But the first thing you said, like we've gotten a lot of Star Wars in the last couple of years. And as it's gone on, in my opinion, anyway, it's gotten better and better. And the things that at the time I thought were were good. Well, there's things that have come along that kind of show, well, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. And then it really uh, got me thinking about what exactly makes good Star Wars these days, because I think it's a very different formula than what made Star Wars great as a franchise back in its infancy. It's true. And, And one thing I did want to open up with with you first is so we're talking new star wars force awakens and beyond what has been your favorite piece of new star wars content movie or tv show i'm gonna have to say it's a really hard question (laughs) just because uh, the the honest answer is i love almost all of it but i'm gonna have to go with the final season of the clone wars available on disney plus it is so good that there's so it's kind of split out into three arcs that season and Two out of three of the arcs are some of my favorite Star Wars ever, especially that last one, because they do such a a fun job. I won't ruin it if you haven't seen it. And please, if you even just like Star Wars, go watch it on Disney+. Plus. They do such a fun job of integrating the show into Revenge of the Sith and almost breathing new life into Revenge of the Sith, which is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. So it almost it was fun that it added a new layer and a new depth to that movie as well, just by being good content yeah i've heard a lot of great things about clone wars i started it i started in season one i know people say it gets yeah, better clone at- wars is hard because yeah. I, there, there's no good like you need to start this at season one or season three or whatever it's kind of like you you need to watch these specific episodes. Like, here is a list of the yeah, good I, episodes. I know it jumbles all over the place, but I figured, okay, if I watch it in, like, the order of aired episodes, then there's mm-hmm. at least, you know, it was built in, to somewhat, you know, in mind, it, because that's how it aired, yeah, right? You so, need to be willing to just stop an episode, because there are some that are very much, this is a children's cartoon, and it is yeah. really rough to watch as an adult. So you you just need to be willing to let this go. If you see Jar Jar Binks in an episode, you can skip it. You know, and it's I was, just simple that I way. I did see one Jar Jar Binks episode, and it wasn't even that bad. Okay. It was nice to get a little bit more 
of these characters because they're so, you know, the prequel characters can be really like boring and wooden in the movies, but it was nice to see like a different side of those characters, have them be much more interesting. Oh, absolutely. And I just need to continue it. I don't, I don't even think I finished season one, but I did start watching it. And it's something I, I do plan to go back to. Um, and, you know, it'll be a good thing to kind of watch a couple episodes before you go to bed or something. Absolutely. So definitely plan to to revisit it because I have heard it gets really, really good oh, um, so in good. some of the oh. later seasons. And that last season, oh, it's cream of la croft. I, I want to tell you everything that happens, but I know that's not okay. Yeah. But kind of getting to the the big question at hand about what makes the Disney era of Star Wars good, what are, we should say, the good aspects? Because we know there's definitely movies we don't like. I know you're not a fan of Solo. I'm not really a fan of The Last Jedi. There's, And I think we can both agree that Rise of Skywalker was a complete mess. It had some good parts to it, but Rise it was a Skywalker complete mess. Rise of Skywalker was okay. When, when we talk about the things that have gotten worse because there are better things, I am mostly talking about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and, and, and I, w- I would agree there. So, you know, we, we look at the prequels with Star Wars, and that's an area where we say, okay, George Lucas had full reign, and he definitely, to quote himself, went a little too far in some places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it ended up being, you know, at the time, they, they were panned universally. Then, you know, there's been a little bit of reform for the prequels, I think, in part yeah, that's because... that's been fascinating, like, yeah. just how there's this, like, second wave of love for the prequels you know, that it's have the, happened. It's the generation that really grew up with that as their Star Wars, right? You know, we were kind of, the way we grew up, I think, you know, obviously we weren't born when these movies came out. Then we, you know, there was the 90s where they kind of came back to theaters, but we grew up with those kind of being our movies. And then the prequels were in theaters when we're like, you know, I guess the episode one came out and we were still in, I think, elementary school maybe, but... yeah. Um, it was like from the time we were 10-ish. It was our preteens that came out. Yeah. It, I think it's more maybe the kids that, you know, episode one was their first Star Wars movie. But nevertheless, there's been a little bit of reform. I think part of that is the Clone Wars adding more context to these um to these movies and then totally. the memes the prequel memes uh, are <laughs> have taken on a life of their own and it makes people enjoy the movies either ironically or unironically and, and that helps and i mean come on revenge of the sith is a good movie but yeah there's, the there's really no forgiving movie. clone wars it's just no it's really it, it's hard to maybe i'll hear an argument for phantom Men- phantom menace but i it's tough to defend clone wars see nevertheless if you just yeah. cut out the first two acts of clone wars i think there's something there yeah. like the geonosis part was cool uh, the other stuff it's as a yeah, die towards hard the Star end Wars it gets fan, better, but that that whole just, middle section of the movie is it's brutal. I hate sand. <laughs> it gets everywhere and it's rugged. I hate it. But nevertheless, right? The prequels were kind of a we we've kind of viewed as a down point, and then Force Awakens comes out, and it's it's like man, Star Wars is back. That was a lot of fun. Is it a new hope? kind of reimagined in a way yes 100 percent but 
did I walk out of that theater being like, that was awesome? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the big question comes up, looking at Force Awakens and Beyond, what, what made, what, what are the elements that made those star, those parts of Star Wars, your favorite Star Wars content? What is, what has made it good in your mind? I do think that the ability to have fun with it helps a lot. It's the it's the stuff that you don't really have to look too deep into. It's not like Star Wars isn't exactly a philosophical franchise, right? If you see the spaceships and the lightsabers and the characters you love or even just teases of the characters you love, like to me that's what makes it good these days. I think in hindsight The Force Awakens took it a little too far just because you can go on YouTube and find like shot by shot remakes that the uh, that the movie took from a new hope that's a little too much leaning on the nostalgia side but there's it's these interesting stories that they're telling with the stuff around the movies these days that kind of has a little hint or a little subtle nudge or a conclusion that brushes the old Star Wars or brushes the Star Wars that you love or even just a little piece of it being a character or a relic or an, or a planet that it, um, that was made famous in like the Star Wars of yesteryear. Like I think think that adds a lot of fun to it and when you're watching one of the biggest franchises ever that is and let's be honest it is a more kid centric uh franchise that is uh just like adult based nostalgia around it it's supposed to be fun and that's when it's at its best yeah and and i would say force awakens i think in my opinion the the two best pieces of content to come out in the Disney era is the Mandalorian and the force awakens. I think those, in my opinion, those are my two personal favorite. And I think they are the most well executed. Do they both have problems? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But are they very enjoyable? hundred percent. hundred percent. I I feel like the Mandalorian is its own conversation though. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And we'll get to the Mandalorian. Um, Especially because there's a, a kind of a, a second question that we'll be getting to that I think is, is something that's becoming maybe an issue for future Star Wars that uh, I'm very interested to hear your take. But in terms of The Force Awakens, there are definitely times where I think they lean too heavily on on the past. But I think The Force Awakens also did an amazing job of introducing new characters and making them interesting and likable. Now, what they did with those characters in future movies is, is you know, a different conversation. But I think Ray, Finn, um, Poe didn't get too much screenshot, uh, screen time, but Kylo Ren are all characters that... I really enjoyed after seeing The Force Awakens. Like Finn was one of my favorite characters um, coming out of Force Awakens, and then the arc of Finn is such that that's maybe one of the biggest disappointments of this yeah. generation of Star Wars. It was so good in Force Awakens, and then it was completely destroyed in the Last Jedi. And I thought, and then they did oh, maybe, nothing for him. They they just yeah. gave him a little tease in Rise of Skywalker. I but thought they, never they were going to do more with him, and then I was like, I was super disappointed by that. Yeah, I mean, there was so much you could have done with like an ex stormtrooper. That really, it, it was a lot of wasted potential. Agreed. But, and then there was like there was strong 
key points in the rise of skywalker that they just never executed on where they he kind of teased like hey ray i kind of feel the force but they never actually <laughs> say it or do anything with it because they're just trying to cram so much into that damn movie it got lost yeah. at the end of it yep i i mean as much as like i said i think we even talked about this before but as much as I did not like some of the way, some of the direction they took with The Last Jedi. They should have just let Ryan Johnson keep the thing to just finish out his vision because the jumping back and forth between here's J.J. Abrams, See, I disagree. you know, setting the table. With that, I, f- I almost take the other side of things where I, as the the new trilogy concluded, I was disappointed that Ryan Johnson got a kick at the old can. I almost feel like The Last Jedi, and I will say that, like, me talking in 2021 here enjoys The Last Jedi significantly less than I did when I first saw it, just because it felt like if they would have just let J.J. Abrams tell his story in the three movies, there wouldn't have been this need to cram it all into the uh, to the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I I agree with you there. My my um, thinking was from the point of Last Jedi's already happened, right? Mm-hmm. I would say just let Ryan Johnson do the third one, like he was supposed to. That, that was kind of my thinking was, okay, if you're starting from the beginning, like Force Awakens happened, sure, let JJ do the whole thing. But if you're at the point where it's what, like 2017, I think, and Last Jedi is already done in theaters and people are raging, I still think it would have been better. I, I get what they were coming from, and I was actually at the time... You know, this is more of like a playing Monday morning quarterback. Like Mm -hmm. at the time I was like, yes, give it back to JJ. But, you know, part of me did also think, okay, he's going to have to undo everything in The Last Jedi to get his movie. Well, and he kind of, he kind of did. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And the movie suffered for it because there was just too much to get through. But we're talking about what makes good Star Wars in 2021. (laughs) So we'll, we'll get back on the rails here a bit. And I I do want to say... Because a lot of this is coming out of, like I said, the prequel trilogy. What are the good aspects that they did? And I would say embracing, you know, there's a ton of CGI, but embracing more practical effects in yes, real sets. That was one of the best decisions they made with it's this what new... made Star Wars feel like Star Wars again. You know, Rey on Tatooine and so the sets on the Mandalorian. It makes a, that more grittier kind of filter to it. It mm-hmm. made it feel more like, you know, 70s, 80s kind of Star Wars look and feel. Made it feel like things had weight to them. The big problem with the prequels is just like everything is like in front of these green screens. And, and you it's just, just too clean. Yeah, like I it, get it's like the center of the universe, the most exp- like the fanciest planet on the universe in Coruscant. But it just looks so fake and clean and good. And it's it's that's not Star Wars. Yeah. And, and that's just, that's one element that it's like, they knew they had to kind of counter the prequels in that respect. And I think they did Mm -hmm. a good job. Um, Now, what, are there any other elements that you come to mind, kind of through points you see in the, the Star Wars media you like? that you see kind of trending across um, in new Star Wars that maybe it's a little bit different? Is it like humor or or things like that that you feel like they've done a better job with in 
new Star Wars versus prequels or even maybe the original trilogy? A thing that I've really enjoyed that they're leaning into, and this kind of leads into our second point. So sorry, I'm going to kind of brute force it here. (laughs) But I like the fact that everything doesn't need to be this galaxy wide like crisis and this galaxy wide issue, because in the like when when we're talking about when they were building the Star Wars universe back in the 80s it was exactly that a universe a galaxy far far away it's not just this one thing happening there are billions trillions of other things happening that affect people differently not on this global scale or i guess this galaxy scale so the little stories that if you like expand it out into the scope of the movies, they don't mean much, but the stories that they're telling in stuff like Rebels, in stuff like the Clone Wars, where it's just these micro episodes, where it's just this is one conflict on a planet, in things like The Mandalorian, it doesn't need to be this galaxy-wide, galaxy-ending crisis happening constantly. And I think that's been the most fascinating part of Star Wars, because when they bring in a character that is on that galaxy-wide scale, they feel cool, and they feel awesome. And that is when Star Wars is again at its best. I I totally agree. I really enjoy Mandalorian, and that's, you know, most of what I've seen, so that's my best reference but Mandalorian mm-hmm. do you know having these smaller like side quests if you will that you know it does feel mm-hmm. almost like a video game and actually one of my friends called that out about he's like Mandalorian's like it's like Skyrim or something you know there's it's the a main... really fine line yeah. though because there are some instances in Mandalorian and it's the like the one episode there there's one episode from each season that I don't like where it almost feels a little too low scale it feels a little too TV drama for me where mm-hmm. they just lower the the stakes of this episode quest a little too much so it's a very fine line that they draw mm-hmm and we should say at this point, spoilers ahead, we may spoil some. We're definitely going to spoil at least one thing from The Mandalorian. Yeah. So much if you like The Clone Wars, it, if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, just, just go watch it. Yes, absolutely. And I think we just might as well get right into it since we did that spoiler warning. <laughs> and like the second, the second main question I wanted to ask is, so in the... Mandalorian season two, at the very end, there's a we, thing that happens. There's a thing that happens. Spoiler warning again. Luke it Skywalker, is a awesome thing. Yes, Luke Sky digitally made Luke Skywalker with the magic of technology. A young Luke Skywalker picks up uh, Groku. Right? Is that his name? Grogu, Grogu with Grogu. a G. <laughs> not yeah, not Groku like Goku and Grogu <laughs> mixed together. <laughs> but he might as well be a Super Saiyan, right? Uh, yeah, there was a scene where he basically was when they were on that planet, and then the Dark Trooper showed up and took him when he was mm-hmm. on that rock, and he was like, it was basically Dragon Ball powering up at that point. Yeah. So to get Grogu's training, he's or he's go, he's training with a Jedi, and he ends up having. Uh, Luke Skywalker pick him up in this kind of epic surprise at the end of The Mandalorian. And it brings me to the question, does Star Wars always need a Skywalker in the story? Do they lean too heavily 
on the Skywalker saga? Will they ever kind of move away from it? I know that's a loaded question, but yeah, let's start with, do they always need to include a Skywalker? And was this was that an element that disappointed you? I keep loading it. I'm loading it up, baby. Yeah, Go I know. Ahead. You, you just want you <laughs> say you're gonna do one part, and then you throw yeah, three I'm, at I'm me. Oh my god! All these curveballs. Do they always so, need a Skywalker, Keith? Answer me. <laughs> I think the answer is it's yes, but no. And hear me out on this one, where especially when they're talking about the like the Star Wars timeline. There's a certain point in the timeline where eventually you're going to hit a ceiling, right? Like if it's during the the Empire, once the stakes get high enough, you're going to run into Vader, right? Like it's something that happened in uh, the, the game Jedi Fallen Order, which I guess we're going to spoil here as well, where <laughs> you're going on this whole quest and then you're um, like, you're collecting things from uh, you're collecting holocrons from the Jedi temple that were lost. And it has like a list of younglings on there that the empire is trying to get their hands on. Cause it's like the next generation of Jedi, right? So you're, mm-hmm. Doing good on your quest, you think you're about to to um to accomplish it, and then all of a sudden, boom, Vader shows up, and you're done. So from that angle, I feel like if you don't talk or like if you don't include the Skywalkers, you can only have the stakes so high at a point. And it's the same thing with the end of the Mandalorian, there, right? Like if there's one person in the era of Star Wars that they're trying to tell a story in that is going to be able to properly teach Grogu. Who is it? It's Luke Skywalker, the guy that's the last Jedi, who is the return of the Jedi. Of course, he's going to teach Grogu. So to have him show up, I think it adds a certain weight to it. And then the way that they did it, I think, was just so expertly done. Like it is the it is a replica of my favorite scene from Rogue One. They kind of mirrored the hallway scene between Luke and Vader. And it was just so freaking cool. And I loved it. But yeah, if you don't keep like if you don't have a impactful enough story, well, then, yeah, you're you're not going to have that level where you run into these characters like your Luke Skywalkers, like your Darth Vader's, like your Han Solo's. If you're telling a story in the Galactic Republic era, like in the Clone Wars, then you're not going to run into your Anakin's and your Obi-Wan's or your Jedi. So you're almost by excluding the um, the Star Wars, like these these galaxy legends, basically these galactic legends, then you're only setting yourself up for a certain level. And then I think at that point, the only way around it is you either have to go before the movies or after the movies. And they haven't really touched after the end of rise of Skywalker yet. And it's really the only option you have now. Sorry. My dog is flipping out. If anyone can hear that. Shout out to pug Henry. (laughs) Yeah. He's not having a good day, apparently. Um, (laughs) So, yes, basically, if you want to go to that global scale of conflict, like you said, but I don't think the Mandalorian necessarily needed to do that. Now, do I think that what they did with Luke Skywalker was 
like egregious or you know they shouldn't have done it i think it's fine we'll see if season three how much they go to the well with that um but my guess is it will yeah keep that it, will be interesting yeah my guess is that they're going to keep it pretty minimal and and i think that's the right way to go because it seems like disney keeps going to that well of hey remember the original trilogy remember the original trilogy and what i actually appreciate about the mandalorian is it seems like that they weren't really going there so it actually was a little bit disappointing to me that they kind of did go there but i think the way that they did it but even is, if it was just fine. for like a season finale like it in my opinion and i mean i am not writing the mandalorian so take it with a grain of salt but I feel like that's done now, right? Because Grogu is with Luke. Now you are moving on to the next thing. It's like you're done with the Jedi part. And now you're moving on to something different with the Mandalorian. And I will be curious to see how they paint themselves out of that corner. Because how is this thing that you are going to do now cooler than Luke Skywalker? No, it's it's a good point. And... Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do next. Uh, they'll have to find something else interesting mm-hmm. or I mean, I can't I just can't see them saying like Grogu's gone forever. Like because Baby Yoda There's too much merchandise. Yeah, Baby Yoda <laughs> is got the, you know, he is money and he's been making them a lot of money. So I would be shocked if this is the last we see of him. Mm-hmm. Can can I go on a quick side rant tangent? Sure. It's another reason why I dislike the last Jedi a lot more now because to me knowing like just being absorbing all of the Star Wars content I think it makes that moment with Luke Skywalker a little worse going to train Grogu because we know where the story goes. Yeah. Because 40 years later, Kylo Ren comes along and kills all of Luke's students, right? So it's either Grogu got killed or there's some BS answer about, oh, well, he wasn't at that Jedi temple. Oh, yeah. So he didn't die. You know that's the answer, Keith. You absolutely know. I know, but it's the (laughs) fact that... Boba Fett escapes the freaking Sarlacc pit. You know Grogu. You know Grogu's alive. I know. I know. But it just seems like, why did you you burn the Jedi to the ground (laughs) if you're going to create this new one a couple of years later? in a nuclear reactor and survives you know grogu's alive that's true if darth maul survives getting split in half and falling down a hole you know grogu's alive maul maul is the one i will defend because he was actually like super dead but the clone Uh, wars did a good job good thing he turned into a spider you know <laughs> he did turn into a he turned into a machine spider but but the night sisters made him whole again and it was cool <laughs> oh my god yeah that that's the problem with star wars is they do not commit to death at all <laughs> the only one they did a good job with was obi-wan you know but True. even then i mean for i think force goes is another thing and hey it's been there since the beginning so it's it's all good in my eyes and coming next spring kenobi on disney plus yep. <laughs> but that's i mean at least it's before he died right yeah it's so. true <laughs> um but yeah i would say that 
you know, they they do lean a little too heavily. I think Mandalorian does the best job of not leaning too heavily on the whole Skywalker thing. But even still, they like we'll see. It's more of a wait and see approach. I was okay with the Luke cameo. I think it was a lot better than I know you love your Darth your Darth Vader hallway scene, but I thought oh, it's so Rogue good. One Darth Vader was just complete and utter fan service, and he really didn't really serve so do you feel the same way about the hallway scene from the mandalorian then because it's it's the same thing it's fan service but it's good it fan is fan service. service but i think it's not as instead of rebels it's just dark troopers yeah i i didn't find it as like i don't know I mean, it's absolutely fan service. I just think it was done in a little bit more of like a tasteful way. I don't know. I don't, that's not the right word, but mm-hmm. I just thought it wasn't as over the top. Like, yeah, Luke's kicking ass, but whatever. I mean, this is post Return of the Jedi Luke. We know that. But I don't know. It just felt to me like the hallway scene in Rogue One was just like, and it was added in. Like, it wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. Like, And it was uh, a better movie because of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're you're a huge Star Wars nerd, so I, I get it. Like when you're super into something, like those things, it's called fan service for a reason. It, it served you well. <laughs> it served me quite well, and I will not. I will not go, or I will not uh, deny that. So, before we wrap this up, I have a quick question for you. And mm-hmm. because we're spoiling the Mandalorian, we might as well just go the full yeah. nine yards. I'm curious if you picked up on something because the Luke reveal wasn't really the only big reveal of that season. There mm-hmm. was an episode about halfway through the season where the Mandalorian meets up with Ahsoka Tano, which is a big yeah. character from the Clone Wars, from Rebels, and not having that, um, like that love for it was that a moment that felt big for you and i have a follow-up to that i i I thought it was pretty cool because i was looking forward to it i knew ahead of time just based on spoilers from you know you can't escape it on the internet that she was going to show up and like i said i I had watched some clone wars so i was familiar with the character i'm not as attached because i haven't seen like all of clone wars and some of the other content that she's in but I was actually looking forward to that because I was interested to see like, oh, what is the the live action approach? So I thought it was really cool. And it's also a character we've never seen show up in like the main movies. So it, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see the live action version in the in Mandalorian. So to that point, you thank you for perfectly giving me that segue there. <laughs> At the end of that episode, they allude to looking for someone or that Ahsoka's main target is Grand Admiral Thrawn. And to me, somebody that loves the books and somebody that loves Rebels, that was a huge like, oh shit moment for me. That is awesome. But not having that, like, did that mean anything to you or was that just another name? So the person that they fight in that episode... No, like at the end, Ahsoka's like, I'm, tell me where your boss is. I'm looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, they, that meant nothing to me. I, I had no. no idea. And see, that's so fascinating to me because to me, like that somebody that's deep in the Star Wars bubble, that was a huge reveal. Like that, that's something that got me as- excited for the Ahsoka series because that means it inevitably leads to Thrawn, which is one of my favorite characters in the entire franchise. So 
it makes me wonder, because it's not something that I can answer myself being so deep into Star Wars. Like, is it too layered these days with stuff like that? Like, is have we gone to, is there so much Star Wars, whether it's good or bad, that they expect you to watch all of it to get the full picture? Very, very, like, MCU-like. I feel like it's going to be, I, I well, because... Maybe it's going to be actually MCU like in the way that you don't necessarily have to see every movie to enjoy it. But if you do see everything, you're going to appreciate things a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's the approach that they're going to do, where if you're the hardcore nerd, there's some stuff in there for you. But if you haven't seen everything, it's still going to be fine. You just may not get like the full appreciation that that someone else might get and it it seems like that's the approach but i don't know Uh, she's getting her own series i didn't even know that yeah there was like a big dump of series that uh, were announced late last year and ahsoka is one of them along with like a red squadron one and a bunch of others yeah i'm a little nervous about the oversaturation because i I think we saw a hint of that like when solo came out and the box Mm -hmm. office numbers then there's like the book of boba fett coming out this year oh my god i don't even know about that either (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like there was a teaser at the end of the Mandalorian season. Oh. He he takes back Jabba's palace and it's like the Book of Boba Fett coming out. Oh my goodness. See, that sounds just like ultimate fan service. It's like everything we see in the movies, like every right or like every... Wait a second. How would they do... Jabba's isn't Jabba dead? Well, he is, but remember his like his lackey. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name. It's the Yuwanawanga guy, the guy with the the dick neck tail. <laughs> <laughs> he he was he was in Jabba's palace and he was all fat. And then uh, Boba just came along, popped him, and he's like, "This is mine now." And then it was boom, the book of Boba Fett coming oh next good. year. How did I miss that? Oh my! It was goodness. it was like an end credit scene. These have end credit scenes to them. <laughs> now for god's sake oh sakes. jesus it really is the mcu oh my god <laughs> okay yeah see all right this may i think this sets up a future conversation about is the fan service getting out of control because that to me just sounds like it, it mm-hmm. literally sounds like you know someone in like 2003 wrote that on their like fanfic you know like boba yeah. fett takes instead back of the book Jabba's of boba palace. fett it's the fanfic of boba fett <laughs> i mean the, if you think about it this literally is if it is becoming fanfic in, in some ways because the people that are probably writing these are the the kids that like grew up with this Oh, so 100%, especially with like Dave Filoni stuff, because if you listen to an interview, like that is that is a guy that gets it. And that is a guy that watched Star Wars growing up. Yeah. So, again, as I said, I'd love to maybe in a year, a year and a half, yeah. depending on when all these series got come Bad out. Batch coming out in May, and then we'll have oh. the Book of Boba Fett. There'll be a lot more content to talk about and we'll see, you know, how we still feeling about modern Star Wars. Is it oversaturated? But again, this will be an interesting conversation. And and if you want to talk with us more about Star Wars, you can definitely continue the conversation over at our Discord at castofthepast.com slash Discord. We talk about a variety of things, um, not just movies and TV shows, but uh, video games, of course. It's one of the main topics we talk about on this show. And other things like food and just random games you picked movies, up. Movies, or... music, TV shows, anything yeah. you can think of. And if there isn't a channel 
for it there. Just say, hey, make this channel. I want to talk about it. And boom, that channel will be made. But yeah, make sure to also, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, leave a comment, like the video, uh, and let us know, whether through Discord or comments, um, what about modern Star Wars do you like? And maybe what about modern Star Wars do you like? Not so much. But until next time, it's been another edition of a cast to the past never forget ryan palpatine has a granddaughter (laughs) you know what that means (laughs) oh yeah